Hi and welcome to episode 5 of Decode Issues Unfolded. In the last couple of episodes we had dealt with interesting analysis on the Indian economy. In case you have missed it, do give it a listen. In this episode, we are going to unfold a major policy reform which is expected to revolutionize the future of Indian transportation. Yes, indeed we are going to decode the recent government announcement on privatizing 109 train routes. And since the announcement, many corporate bigwigs like Adani, Bombardier, Alstom, Tata have all expressed interest in this project. As we decode this reform, we'll also bust some major misconceptions that prevail in the public domain regarding this reform. Any discussion that we see on the mainstream debates or in the public forums on privatization brings forth two polarized opinions. One side goes on in full support of privatization, making them seem like an epitome of efficiency. while on the other side which is in support of the public sector equates privatization to being anti people and an evil step but we are going to stay clear of such an oversimplification and as usual stick to the facts and data so let's decode indian railways forms a backbone of the indian transportation network it's a fourth largest network in the world and the largest passenger carrier with over 2 crore people using it every day it's the biggest employer in the country with a workforce of 13 lakh people In fact, it would be wise to say that railways is a real maharaja of Indian transportation. But the maharaja has been losing its glory over the past few decades. Its share in the goods transport declined from 60% in 1990 to just about 30% by 2018. And on its passenger traffic, railways makes a massive loss of 33,000 crores annually. It actually spends 1.67 rupees for every single that rupee that it earns on its passenger traffic and to compensate this loss it has been cross subsidizing the passenger fare through increase in the freight or the goods fare impacting the industrial and the manufacturing sector the employee salary and pensions consume more than half of the railway budget leaving very little for the infrastructure investment rendering the railway services incapacitated and poor as a result we see that the passenger and the goods traffic year after year have shifted towards road and the aviation sector It is towards addressing these deficiencies and to bring back railways as the number one transporter that a committee under Bibek Debroy, a renowned economist, recommended privatization as one among many other reforms to be undertaken. Before we deep dive into the analysis, we shall address a major misconception prevailing on this policy. The reforms have been widely publicized as privatization, giving an image of a complete surrendering of the railways to the corporates. Well, that's a big stretch. The reality is that only the rolling stock which is the bogies or the trains will be owned by the private players while the tracks signaling infrastructure maintenance scheduling that is the entire railway infrastructure is going to remain with the public sector that is the indian railways only in short it's a public private partnership with the private allowed to run their trains for 35 years on the public infrastructure and in return indian railways would receive a fixed charge plus a share in the total revenue of the private trains oh one more thing Indian railways is not being sold off. In fact, it's going to run parallel to the private trains. So there's no real selling off of the national jewel. Now having got these misconceptions out of the way, we can now peacefully explore as to what makes this reform so transformational. Indian railways as per the finance ministry projections requires over 50 lakh crore of investment in the next 10 to 12 years to modernize its infrastructure and make up for its legacy of underinvestment. Indian railways since independence has added only 10000 route kilometers while China in the same period has added more than 50000 route kilometers 
This has resulted in a heavily constrained carrying capacity of the railways, resulting in 8 crore people not finding reservation on the trains every year. And the congestion on the network has made the Indian trains one of the slowest in the world, while at the same time increasing the safety concerns. If it is left only to the government, it would take about 30 years to meet this sum of 50 lakh crore, which would make it all the more futile because the technology would have changed and the infrastructure would have would require more changes going 30 years forward. This is where the privatization is going to play a central role. As per the policy proposal, railways would earn a share of the revenue on the private trains in return for the rail infrastructure that it provides. This on one hand is expected to bring in about 30,000 crore of private investment just on the 100 routes that is currently being privatized and on the other hand will help railways save on its operation expenditure. This would provide a wider bandwidth to the railways for capital investment in infrastructure and maintenance. Other than the infrastructure part, one other domain where privatization is definite to have a positive spin-off is the quality of service. This is a parameter which railways lags behind by a huge margin. Some of the facts could indeed be cringy. The CAG CAG performance audit in 2017 found that unpurified tap water being were being used to make beverages in the stations and rats and cockroaches were found to be running around at the catering units and trains and to top it all The report also stated that the linen, blankets, pillow covers etc were being washed once in a fortnight while sometimes they were being washed once in a few months. Yes, we understand that the rates are being subsidized and affordable, but there are some basic necessities and cleanliness that cannot be overlooked at any cost. A competitive railways beyond any doubt will result in improved baseline customer service which we have observed in the telecom as well as in the aviation sector. Till now we have discussed from the passenger aspect but the reach of this reform is much beyond if you are also one of those who has been lamenting about the lagging manufacturing sector and demanding reforms in a host of areas do add this to your list the below par freight transport performance of the railways has had debilitating impact on the logistical cost and the supply chain management of the industries the goods trains in india move at a leisurely speed of 25 to 30 km per hour and the cost is just the opposite freight costs in india are four times that of the passenger fares on per km basis as a result industries have moved towards roadways and aviation which as per a study by the mckinsey places the extra cost at 5% of gdp privatization and added to it the two dedicated freight corridors which are coming up where only the goods trains would be allowed are expected to more than quadruple the freight speed and help reduce the logistical cost which is currently standing at close to 14% of gdp in comparison the developed countries have a cost logistical cost of 10% of gdp in addition the expansion and the shift towards the railways would be also a success from the ecological point of view considering that the energy usage and the emissions in the railways is just a fourth of the that in the roadways and the aviation while these benefits are substantial the privatization policy like any other major reform faces some legitimate concerns and criticisms the foremost criticism being privatization would lead to a rise in the passenger fare going against the interests of like well this was a case observed in the pilot privatization project of the railways the tejas train wherein the prices increased by 70 to 80% this concern though has been moderately addressed in the government policy which states that the public sector trains that is the indian railways would continue to run parallel to the private trains so indeed we can expect that the prices in the public sector trains would be lower albeit with limited facilities and comfort for the travelers but running public and the private trains parallel could indeed end up amplifying the class divisions 
prevailing in the society which would remain an unsolvable negative externality of these reforms it could create a scenario similar to that existing in the government and the private hospitals so similarly in the railways the public sector trains could cater to the poor while the private cater to the affluent class thus exacerbating the prevailing class divisions another interlink is what would happen to the non profitable or the low density routes will the private run only in the premium and the profitable routes well there is no exact road map provided on this aspect presently only 150 trains are being proposed in comparison the indian railways runs over 12000 passenger trains so we'll have to wait for this situation and the policy to evolve to see what they plan for the other routes one other core concern is that of the employee interest railways is the largest employer in the nation with over 13 lakh people in its payroll while the present employees may not be affected as the railways has clarified that the private trains will also be run by the indian railway engine drivers but definitely the future railway recruitment would be reduced and the private railway employees will not enjoy the pay scale and the job security as the current government employees do that's a real concern for the railway job aspirants when it comes to criticism of this reform there is one major example that's widely quoted the uk's united kingdom's experience in privatization of railways uk had privatized railways in 1997 and is now seeing a revived demand for nationalization while the comparison might not be appropriate there is definitely a lot to learn from their mistakes the prominent one being uk had privatized both the trains as well as the railway infrastructure which resulted in private players under investing in infrastructure over a period of time and a lack of tight regulation resulted in gross operational inefficiencies this is something that the government of india has taken into consideration and thus we see that the railway infrastructure will continue to be with the indian railways now to ensure that the partnership public private partnership flourishes and the negative externalities are handled appropriately there is a need for an independent regulator who is non discriminatory towards both the public and the private sector and this is of utmost importance to prevent crony capitalism and cartelization practices that could take shape upon privatization on the far hike issue a possible alternative that could be considered is to evaluate the option of government subsidizing the train travel for bpl card holders be below poverty line card holders students and the senior citizens This could be on the lines of the Udan model in aviation wherein the government is providing subsidy for a certain number of seats the same could be explored for the railway sector my final thoughts on this reform is that on the paper the benefits seem to outweigh the concerns railways at the end of the day is a public good and needs to keep public interest at its core so the interests of the poor should be protected at any cost through innovative measures on the question of whether this reform is good or bad well the intention is definitely fabulous and good but the final success depends on its implementation on which the track record of the present government hasn't been that fabulous so going forward the process of privatization needs to be slow and steady and the government shouldn't overdo it any an over privatization could indeed be a negative indeed face a negative fallout so thank you for listening hope this episode answered a lot of your queries if you liked please do share and follow decode issues unfolded and for feedback and to share your opinions or to have a discussion message on the insta id at the rate of decode with cv until i meet you in the next episode it's your cv goodbye